It's officially college football bowl season. Last year, we went an outstanding 10-1 and on our bowl predictions, including hitting three Moneyline Underdog outright winners. With games starting this weekend, we have launched our bowl package with a special 20% discount, which will run through the rest of the bowl season. Just Google Sharp Football, click on the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click the blue banner up top to get access. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. Getting through week 15. Uh, we're all done with buys. We're getting uh, full full loads for the worksheet. Uh, just did full, full slates of game from here on out. This is this is really the home stretch. How are we doing today? Yeah, last quarter of the season, kind of the the this is it, man. Like so the holidays are coming. It's kind of like it feels the New Year's coming. It's it's here, man. It's pretty crazy that we've gotten here. Uh, already this fast and, and long at the same time it feels short and and long simultaneously <laughs> yes yeah can definitely feel both of those things at the same time um yeah it's one of one of those things where it's just it, it is already week 15 then you still think all right there's still like a couple regular season weeks left still got a whole playoffs left we still still a lot of football uh, left to be played and with that we got a whole slate of of week 15 games here and we'll dive into those because you know there are some some interesting games that we're we're getting again we kind of you know go every week talking about whether there are actually good games on the schedule or not and uh as much as the game results are close uh we don't always get there in in the greatest way but it, there's some there's some fun games here i mean we're, we're not going to talk about uh 49ers and seahawks because it's a thursday night game and just the the runway on that is is not long, but that that should be a fun game. Um, hopefully, you're not listening to this like on Friday and it was a terrible game. But we'll get into a, the other thing: Saturday games. Why? We gotta why? stretch it. Gotta stretch it. We we don't. I <laughs> I, I want to like go outside <laughs> once. Well, listen, I mean, the NFL has already decided, too, that the following week that you have to ignore your family uh, on Christmas. Uh, they've got games on Saturday, Christmas Eve, and then games on Sunday, Christmas Day. Uh, although one is Rams-Broncos. So if you want to, you know, ignore your family or, uh, you know, do do gifts and stuff, eat. That's like the game. That's like the one to do it through. Yeah. The, but the, the NFL did, doesn't care about us. Yeah. It, it did help that, you know, we end up getting – you know, Indianapolis in, in one game here on Saturday. As, uh, Baltimore and Cleveland is maybe interesting, but depending I mean, on the quarterback Colts situation Vikings in Baltimore. It's the most interesting game. It's to be the best game of the three. So, I mean, you guys could you could sell me on Dolphins bills, but uh, I'm definitely way more interested in Vikings Colts. Oh, okay, so <laughs> sell me on that because I would sell you on... Fantasy points? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're looking at this in, in very different ways. <laughs> the Vikings defense. The uh, yeah, absolutely. You watched the Vikings defense the last month. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I have. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we watched the Colts offense for two months too. But uh, we're gonna, we're going to see which which polling force can win out in that one. Listen, Michael Pittman's got to get there eventually for us. You, you know, this is the one the one time we waited two months on these. You know, the the three and ten teams with Michael Pittman. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely if uh <laughs> you're 
<laughs> you you've had some some special kind of season with with some other players if you're uh, still alive <laughs> in fantasy and waiting for the the Michael Pittman breakout here. Um, no, but, no, yeah, Dolphins Bills will be intriguing just to see what happens to the Dolphins, but they've been exposed. Yeah, in in a sense, right? Because you know we kind of talked about it the last week. The the one like blueprint ish type thing is if teams were going to start pressing, right? Um, if you were going to disrupt some of that timing. And again, there were still like some plays and let's like Brendan Staley for as like kind of up and down as, as a head coach as he's been this year with some of the fourth down stuff. Like he's done a very good job with his defensive game plans. Again, when we go back to like a couple weeks ago, um, was it against the the 49ers when they lost? He was like, I think this was the best defensive game plan we had. And like, it was, he was right. And like, that still continued to get better. And it, it was again, that um, against the Dolphins. So uh, they were another team that the press, so they pressed even more than the 49ers did uh, against the Dolphins. And it ended up working. The, the really the one play that they had where they pressed at the line and gave up is when like Michael Davis fall, fell down. Uh, and Tyreek Hill had that that sixty yard uh, completion. Other than that, uh, especially Davis had uh, seventeen press snaps, six targets, and it was only that one reception, right? So this is going to be a thing where you know the Bills can play press a little bit. You look at uh, Dane Jackson right now has the most snaps for any corner in the league in press coverage this year. That's per uh, Next Gen stats, but uh, not necessarily the the greatest press corner uh, is given up 251 yards on 184 uh, press snaps, uh, 11% completion rate over expectation per next gen stats, but uh, 37.5% of those targets were in tight windows. And I think that's kind of the key, right? If you have those tight windows, it's not necessarily something that Tua wants to throw at all the time. And that's kind of where we have the Dolphins really have to figure out what they're doing because it's not that these are routes that are like completely clamped down. Uh, and they were a little bit to an extent against the Chargers, but against the 49ers, there were still plenty of open windows to throw to. Just the, the timing was off and everything. Tua was a little unsure of himself. Talked about it last week. He kind of like double clutched more than we had ever seen him uh, in the season. So how they figure what this timing is going to be. Do they run some more like underneath routes? Do they start doing some, some more shallow crossers instead of the, what was so good about the dolphins offense for the entire season is how they could still get the ball out quickly, but push the ball down the field. But now if everyone's going to be selling out right for some of those intermediate passes and, and just clogging the middle of the field, do we start seeing and not so much of like the 2021 Dolphins offense because that was gross but like do we see some of these shorter routes off the RPOs do we see some of the take advantage of yards after the catch and some of that and I'm, the push and pull here that we see the Dolphins use I'm going to be very interested like do we start seeing more of a run game right if these linebackers are going to start like bailing out in the middle of the field um they can't run though right but like they, <laughs> they can't run I mean listen they, look at the look at the Dolphins look at their schedule up and down They've scored 21 or more. They've scored more than 21 points against the Texans, the Browns, the Bears, the Lions, and then the Ravens back in that week two game. This is a it, it's a Fugazi team, man. It's a Fugazi offense. It's I think that we all we all fell for it. Uh, we got hooked. They've got two elite speed guys. 
and they've got two guys they can scheme for, and the rest of the offense, they have no other contributors. They have no other contributors on the rest of this offense. Yeah, it is tough. We just got to – I still kind of believe there is a counter that they can pull off because I think the coaching staff is smart enough to do And then the defense is awful. Yeah, that's – it's so they're getting more pressure still like the the defensive line there's there's now a disconnect right because they had so much of their we're going to have all of these guys thrown up against the line because we don't really have the four-man pass rush so we're going to show all these exotic type of looks uh before the snap uh and then we're maybe we're gonna blitz maybe we're not but we're going to do that we're going to leave our corners out on islands because hopefully we've done enough pre-snap confusion along the line but now with bradley chubb they do have a four-man rush and they're getting home with a four-man rush they're getting pressure when they only send four but they're still doing all of these kind of exotic type things and that's leaving their corners who have not been very good uh to you know a, a consistent extent did uh, out on islands and that's kind of leaving them bare all over the place when they could just send a four-man rush and, and figure out some more things in coverage so there's kind of a disconnect now on where they have their strength of the defense and what they've been trying to do all year especially since chubb has come into the mix so that's the other thing and again you you don't really want to blitz josh allen um although like there's there's really no right answer to josh allen but it's uh, yeah, it's it's going to be. This is just kind of really a, a team right now that needs to really figure out what its strengths are on both sides of the ball and really figure out what this counter is going to be because what they have been running on uh, for most of the season, it, we're getting to a point where there's enough film on it and, and teams are, are starting to figure it out. I have, I do still have optimism that the offense is going to figure out some kind of counter. I think Mike McDaniels is very smart and will figure out what that is. And maybe it's not as explosive as what this offense was going forward, but I don't think we're going to see like another, like nine of 22 performance. Um, I think we'll, we'll see some better offensive production going forward, but again, it's a tough slate of defenses that, that they have, you know, coming forward. So it's not going to be a completely easy counter either. Yeah, miserable spot. You go back to back West Coast game, short week to Buffalo, uh, you know, where it's going to be cold. And we we know that they can play good defense too. Even with the amount of injuries they've had, they've still been game on defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just real hard. I look at it that this is Dolphins team in, in, in totality. It's great to get caught in these waves, right? And we're going to probably talk about the Lions who are in the, the, midst, the midst of the, the newest wave. Uh, but yeah, when you look at it, like you take the 10,000 foot view on this Dolphins team, they can't run, they don't play defense, and they haven't scored against a good defense since the Ravens in week two. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like they, that was part of it. They haven't played those really good defenses, but yeah, it's and the Chargers are not a good defense. Like the that was basically all scheme. They were missing three legit starters in that game. They had been getting steamrolled the entire like you know the previous six weeks. Basically, like have had been getting flooded by way worse teams than the Dolphins. So yeah, I mean it's it's a it's tough. It's really tough to to buy a Dolphin. You feel good like where they're trending, uh, but there still needs to be more here. I think when you t- just step back and look at everything. They probably were elevated a little too 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 far over that just run of of dusting really bad teams. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I think so. And again, there was just like so much structurally to, to really like. And I think because of what they've done in that sense, I, I still do believe they'll they'll have that counter. I'm very interested to see. And they're probably you know, still good. You know, you get Green Bay after this, you get the Patriots, uh, and then you have you close with the Jets at home. Uh, so you still are very much live. Like there's no like the – it's not like the, the, the end is nigh or anything. But I think when we see them get in, like – I don't really see them as a team that's going to that's going to beat three really good teams in a row. Yeah, I think we've we've maybe seen a ceiling for at least, you know, what the the long term as, aspect of it, this team is like into the playoffs like a couple of weeks ago. You probably could have convinced me that they were one of the teams that could potentially win the Super Bowl. Uh, but right now, until we kind of see what that counter is, it's it's going to be tough to, to see them there. Um, I can't wait for you. I mean, AFC just get us there. Just is there not the NFC playoffs? The AFC playoffs are going to be, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's let's get into one of the other teams in the AFC East, and because we we did talk ab- about them and, and what we're going to see here, uh, Lions and Jets. If you had told us in the beginning of the season that a Week 15 Lions Jets game would be like one of the most mm. interesting games of the week and like of the later part of the season, uh would have uh probably would not have believed you but here we are um lions playing some of the most uh fun football uh that we've seen the jets have one of the best defenses in the league here, here we go like this like i'm legitimately excited to to watch this game um <laughs> this feels just like we were, we were two weeks ago talking about dolphins 49ers the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we had talked about the Dolphins and how they were on that run and that they hadn't played anybody. <laughs> and that's where we are with the Lions. The Lions are on this run. Uh, the wins, Packers at home, Bears on the road, Giants on the road, lose the Bills. They were game against the Bills. Jaguars, Vikings, literally all bottom rung defenses. All absolute just because I can because the Jared Goff like conversation again is absolutely wild where we are with this again. Um, I can't believe we're going on this road. This, so this is a big litmus game for the Lions like Ben Johnson, Jared Goff. Like this is a big prove a game on the road against a really good defense. And then they've got Carolina the week after that, who is also playing really good defensive football, too. So a uh, nice little stretch here for the Lions to kind of at least, you know, give us some some affirmation that this is real. Yeah, it's one of those things, and I just wrote about the Lions for uh, the site uh, this week. Um, they are, you know, they're they're a team that like we we kind of talked about this when we have like some of these offenses. They're just a team that's like it's just pulling all the right levers, right? It's it's making things as like literally as easy as possible for for the quarterback. Again, like Goff does not have a high. A dot and it's kind of gone up a little bit but a lot of that is like kind of in some of these intermediate targets and it's to a sense where it's not so much like the the two a dolphins offense but they are using in breakers way more than they have been uh, in the past and they're doing such a good job of like motioning into creating some of these like leverages and matchups against corners especially against zone where they can have these in breakers into the middle of the field and they're just kind of like killing there especially off play action it's just one of these things where there's just so many different route combinations that they're using they're using these leverage uh, against um 
against the defense and they're creating some of these just open windows. And Goff is one of these guys that if you have those open windows, he's going to hit them. That's been the book on Jared Goff since really he came out. Now they're adding that extra like vertical element to it. So they, they have added a little bit more of the downfield throws. And we saw that with the Jamison Williams touchdown, right? Where it's, it's a busted coverage by the Vikings, but the lions created it because of what they were doing. They had Williams and Josh Reynolds on the other side. Both of those guys are running vertical routes straight at the single high safety. So while it was a busted coverage, it, it was created because there was going, the safety was going to be wrong no matter who he picked, right? He ended up jumping on uh, the crosser from Reynolds, which ended up leaving Williams wide open, uh, running for the touchdown behind him. But if he stays with Williams, there's going to be a really big play, maybe not a touchdown to Josh Reynolds, but either way, it was going to be an an explosive deep passing play uh, because of how the Vikings or how, because of how the lions uh, went at the coverage. So it's just, they're pulling all the right levers. There's so much of this play action. And uh, so I wrote in this piece, like they're not a, a team to like the dolphin sense where like everything has motion or play action. Um, but they are like one of a few teams that is running motion and play action on a higher than average rate, both of those things. So they're just one of, there's a lot of misdirection going on. It helps with the running game. They're doing so many different pieces in the run game that helps the play action game because the, the biggest part of play action is you want it to look like the run game. But when you have so many different areas where you're actually running the ball, you're not like tied down to one type of, you know, run blocking that you're going to make the play action look like so that helps a lot there too and they're not really a great running team but it doesn't really matter so they're just doing like so many different like really you know innovative things that are helping this offense but again now you're going against a a jets defense that's playing really well um you know sauce gardner is probably you know one of the better corners in the league like just the full stop right now right um you have dj reed on the other side you have this defensive line that's creating pressure and this is where it gets in jared goff one of the best quarterbacks right now from a clean pocket when he's in the pocket no pressure you start getting pressure on jared goff that's where the problem is now they're getting the ball out quickly they're using a lot of that play action to help but you have this front four of of the jets that's just one of the best at getting pressure in the league so there's there's a lot of it it does you're right as as it feels like where this defense has the specific strength that stops an offense it it is very you know Niners Dolphins vibe in that way um and I'm really interested to see what it looks like yeah absolutely I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game because I said it is is the litmus test game kind of for the Lions uh they're also a team when you just uh, like they're just trending forward right like we still we're positive on it we love what they're doing uh probably still more pieces to build especially on the defensive side of the ball they've been better against the run but like they should probably try to be worse against the run because all it's done is push people to throw against them and they're way worse on the boundary uh and defending the pass than they were when they were at their worst defending the run uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, too, if the Jets can take advantage of that, right? Because the Jets are a team, like, we've seen a little bit of the warts from Mike White, right? As fun as it was when, yep. you're, when you're going up and down the field on the Bears the last couple weeks, I mean, there's a lot of offensive inconsistency the past two weeks, and they've really struggled in the red zone specifically. And they, that's, that's been a problem for the Jets the entire year, no matter what quarterback has been under center, is finishing drives. Um, so if you're the Lions and you can get them to just not score touchdowns, 
which has been kind of wishy-washy for the for the Lions. But, you know, if they can do that, like they have the last two weeks against the, the Jaguars and the Vikings, then they have a shot here. And they're favored now. So uh, people are people are buying. This is an interesting spot here. I kind of like the Jets, but it's the same thing. If the Lions can just keep them out of the end zone, then they're all right. Yeah, so th- this is one of the interesting splits here too because we kind of talked about the Lions' defense and we talked about them a little bit, how they're, they're just playing at a league average rate and that's great. Yeah. They were one of the worst defenses yeah, they were in the terrible league. Terrible to, to just okay, which which is fine, and that that's all you need. Yep. But one of those switches that we kind of talked about earlier in the season, the Lions were playing the second highest rate of man coverage uh, from week one to six, so before their buy, forty five point eight percent of man coverage per True Media. They were only giving up. They were giving up seven point two five yards per attempt, which was nineteenth. So they were you know a little below average, but playing at at a high rate. Since they're by, they're only playing 28.1% of man coverage, which is like significantly less. But they're giving up 8.45 yards per attempt in man coverage, which is 27th. So they're playing less, playing worse at it. But as we talked about with uh, Mike White after that Vikings game, when Minnesota played a little more man coverage, the Bills played a little more man coverage. I kind of like that's kind of how you get to Mike White, where you do it's a little bit of the two thing. You you know press mm-hmm. these guys at the line, you disrupt some of that timing in in that type of it's this you know it's the same offense. You're still looking for space, right? Those those Lafleur, the Shanahan offenses, they create space. It takes advantage of space when you're playing man against these guys and pressing. That it takes away the timing that gets into the space. Um, so you're creating some of these tighter windows, and that's where Mike White has struggled. Um, White was, oh, what was he? Uh, you know, in negative zero point three six EPA uh, per play against a man uh, against the Vikings. Negative zero point oh nine last week. He was zero point one four against zone. Right. So he's he's still figuring out this space against zone. So I kind of wonder if the the Lions are going to go a little more heavier in man, even though they. The, where they've gotten themselves into trouble is they don't necessarily have the pieces in the secondary to be playing man, but it's kind of like that, that back and forth. Where is the, where's the line you draw? Because that's kind of how you can attack this offense. Um, so I'm interested to see how they decide to, to go about that because we, we've seen Mike, Mike White struggle uh, when those kind of answers aren't immediately there. Although he's been hanging in the pocket and making some, some nice throws. Like he's like, there have been impressive plays from, from Mike White at, at points this season, but um, he definitely cashed in his grit card last week. <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely yeah. earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Cer- certified. He's, he's getting a, <laughs> he's getting the, the grit association card uh, in, in the mail uh, for, for that one. Um, but yeah, this is just a, a fun, fun game. Um yeah, and Lions are going to be a team that we're going to monitor. They're going to be like one of the stories of the offseason because they're going to have one of the more intriguing offseasons ahead. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is. So that was kind of one of my the you know points um, in, in the article I wrote uh, is like this, this is going to be we don't know what the future of this team is going to look like. Like we, we do have the conversation with Goff. Is he playing well enough that they should, you know, pass up a quarterback? I, no. Especially if it's going to be the you know the third overall. We've already seen Goff have a better season than this one, right? Yeah, this is in structure. You keep him clean, great. If you could if you could promise that, you're going to be fine, right? And then we like we just don't (laughs) know what this offense is going to look like if Johnson leaves, Uh, and that's going to be a a big question. Um, But I think Dan Campbell has done a really good job of like bringing in coaches. 
you know, RB present aside. And I think we all. Also, has any team run more fake punts than the Lions the last two years under Dan Campbell? I was like talking to my son about this because another great timing of a fake punt for the Lions that basically swung that game last week. They, um, you know, yeah, they, uh, they love that's just another team, man. They just. It's not that they're like running on vibes, but they they know the right times to do that too. It's never in a time where you're like, why would you do that? They they set some things up, and like they are a team that's been mm-hmm. aggressive on fourth down just in general. Um, they have some from fun special teams things going. Like this is a team that's just it, it's trying some stuff, right? They they ice the game with a throw to Penesuel. Yes, um, <laughs> this is this is just a, a team that's having fun. Um, and that's kind of all you can ask at this point. Uh, the fact that they're actually, you know, pulling off some some good offense uh, while they're doing it is is great. Um, so let's. Yeah, I mean that that fake punt, man. They're up there. I mean, you're you're up seven in your own territory, and it basically swung the game. They go up 20, 21-7, and the Vikings are never back. They're never back. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's good. Yeah. It's just a, a team doing good stuff. And that's like the, the process was there with the lions. Uh, but it was just kind of, again, just kind of those one score losses. Uh, and now and I like when the lions do well too, cause they're like bills Twitter, like where they're just like, they were beaten down for so long. That it's like, they're all right. So we're like the jets won like four games. Like jets Twitter is like the, the most obnoxious like fan base in the world. The Zach Wilson uh, discourse. I'll never forget that this year. Jets fans. I'll never forget it. Hey man, he's gonna be the number two for this game. But, ooh. One one play away. All right, let's move there on. There would to, be enough to not bet the Jets. Let's let's move to what might not be as exciting of a game, but is still kind of interesting in terms, especially in terms of the AFC playoffs here. We've got Chargers and Titans. Um Chargers again. We kind of talked about it a little bit, pulling off that game against Miami again. Just like they've they've had good defensive game plans. Whether they have the guys who are going to be able to down to down make the most of those game plans uh, has been you know hit or miss this season. But I don't think they've we haven't gone into a Chargers game and been like, what are they doing on defense? I, that hasn't really been the case. It's just kind of still been, they don't have the guys, especially with a lot of the injuries they've had. Offensively, it's completely the other way, uh, where we continue to to go into games going, what what are they doing? But we've, we've kind of seen uh, the highs and lows in that, and we kind of saw that against Miami, right? Justin Herbert played about as well as Justin Herbert could play and still had, like, 0.04 EPA per play and, like, was about average. Um, he scored two touchdowns. Yeah. yeah like, you, if you watch that game and without any context of, like, knowing the score, like, if you just watch Dolphins-Jaguars and just watch the two teams play, you'd be like, oh, my God, the Chargers absolutely destroyed this team, right? And they scored two touchdowns. Yeah, and, and part of that was, you know, the some red zone play calling. If yeah. it's not the couple like bad screens, I, like I, I looked it up, um, the the only two players who two players with the most throws um, in the low red zone that don't go into the end zone are Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes is like the highest EPA in the league because he has you know Andy Reid and has a lot of shovel passes and all of those screens just work. Um, Justin Herbert is like negative 1.4 EPA per play because none of the screens they ever throw 
work. Well, the um, one did. The one got him nicely. It set up the touchdown. Right, but even that wasn't a touchdown. Like that was so, the, that was the Dolphins uh, let them have that one. Yeah, but it's just so this is a team that like consistently like just doesn't throw into the end zone when they're in the red zone. It's 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 a rough look just kind of all around with. I mean, yeah, fourth down play call DeAndre Carter just absolutely ludicrous in the opening drive of the game. Yeah, it's. It's, but it's, it's like that all the time. So, yeah. um, yeah, we can't see... keep, keep talking about, it, I guess, because it's, we've been talking about it for 15 weeks. Yeah. But, but now like we kind of like thought we could maybe like kind of ignore it because it was just going to be the, the chargers are going to be, you know, whatever we're going to be upset by it, but it's not really going to matter. But now after the chargers beat the dolphins per five thirty eight, chargers have a 55% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. The rest of their and... schedule is great. And the the Titans right now, uh, not playing the greatest football. Um, so oh, they're Chargers... gone. They're cooked, man. Yeah. I man, I, I wish the Jaguars didn't blow. Because remember, a couple weeks ago, I said Jaguars are going to the division, and they they then they got flooded by the Lions, and they're still alive. But the Titans, man, there's their defense is just they can't overcome the amount of injuries they've had. They just have, they have too many guys hurt. Yep. And that's just all that. That's really what it is. Like they and and it's the worst case scenario. We talk about the Lions. The Titans need to be worse against the run. They need to start letting teams run on them, because all it's done, all they've their complete pass funnel, and all it's done with the amount of injuries they've had is just let teams go down the field on them, just at, at will. Yeah, uh, and now they, and, <laughs> and and it's getting worse, right? Because yeah. you have you have David Long, yep, who's gone. on IR. You have oh, a bunch of guys that that have been going out. And again, like it's interesting because. We talked about the Titans so much. They were a team that were inviting you to run because they played all those light boxes, but they were they were good at it. Um, and eventually, teams caught on, said yeah, we should stop running. Um, and now the the injuries you have uh, to corner, but this should hopefully be a place where the Chargers take advantage. Um, we'll Maybe. see, right? But it's it is one of those things where when but I still, life- still think the Titans' defensive line is going to be a problem in this game. Yeah. Yeah, so I think one of the the good things the Chargers did do last week was move the pocket for for Justin Herbert. Um, it, no quarterback has a higher uh, EPA uh, outside the pocket uh, this year than than Justin Herbert, um, and that's kind of when he is able to, you know, like throw past the sticks uh, because those plays are, are a little bit out of structure. So outside the pocket this year, uh, Justin Herbert is uh, 61 and 93, a 0.36 EPA per play. That's the highest um, in the league. His A dot on those throws, uh, 8.16, an average in 8. Uh, 8.61 yards per attempt too. So like that is when he is able to push the ball down the field because it, it's not like he's not running plays that are within two and a half seconds uh and just throw in you know hitches and, and running stick all the time um so when they're moving the pocket they're getting the ball down the field a little more so they did that uh, against the dolphins uh kind of hope they continue to to do that again because that's another way to protect that offensive line that has been you know up and down with a lot of those injuries too although it it might be getting a little healthier um yeah as we get to the end of the season here but when when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are on the fields, like Justin Herbert has been really good. Um, so I I don't want to be back in on the Chargers, but like they're pulling are, back. They're, they're, they they should be making the playoffs, right? 
like yeah, so they're gonna make the playoffs, and, and at least you have Herbert in the playoffs to say that's a puncher's chance. I mean, they're still a team that I look at from a top down, though. They just they lost too much talent, I think, over the course of the season. Yeah. Uh, the, the offensive line and the defense just isn't still probably gonna be good enough when you end up facing something. Like that. But they're a team like they definitely could upset someone that that they shouldn't, right? Like, but are are you picking the Chargers to to beat? Like the Bengals, the Chiefs, and someone like in three games in a row, probably a lot to ask of this team where the state it's in right now. Probably a lot, but like again, I'm going to talk about especially it, like especially because of the offense, right? Like you don't, you already inherently know you don't buy the offense. Yeah, you buy the talent, right? And maybe that's good enough. It worked for the Bengals last year, right? But uh, you know, you, you already know you don't like this offense. That's that's true. I very much (laughs) am aware. I do not like this offense. You like the players. But I can kind of... (laughs) I think I can talk myself into the defensive game plan like on a week-to-week basis. Um, I mean, I'm going to be... I'm going to pump the brakes uh, on that because we've... This defense was bad. It's been bad for most of the year. No, I I agree. (laughs) But I think I mean, structurally and game plan wise, I think they can kind of hold their own. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love like like scheming coordination and giving coaches credit to a degree, but like eventually, like pl- players play, and I just don't think the Chargers have enough. It, it, you know, to, and and I think the crux of the season has bore that out. Like you can you can get a game where you run into a hot game plan, right? Like they had a hot game plan against the Niners. They had a hot game plan against the Dolphins. Uh, but, against the Chiefs, they do every time. But the the Raiders absolutely just murks you the week before. The Cardinals, who Cardinals were the worst, one of the worst offenses in the league all year, and they went down the field on the Chargers repeatedly. You know, so I mean, I'm gonna at least wait and see. I'm not gonna get get that far ahead of it. Yeah, it was a great week, and they have a great rest rest of the schedule. Uh, I want to see Herbert in the playoffs. That's it. That's, all, that's, all, that's where I'm at. I want this those deep- things all to happen. I'm just glad that he played the way he did because we've been talking about for weeks and literally the most insane thing we've ever come to in this 2022 NFL season was even questioning whether Justin Herbert was a good quarterback or not. Yeah. Um, I think think that game also highlighted what that offense does to him, where he played as well as he could and the results were like fine. Yeah, um, I mean, they, the, the Dolphins tough were in yeah. that game the entire time. It was bad. Like Tua looked miserable. It was like one of the worst quarterback performances we've ever seen. And Herbert's out here just playing out of his mind. And there's like a point in that game at third quarter, like Jesus, they just get one stop. Like, <laughs> you know, that's like where we were. It was like how, and I everyone was tweeting it too. Like, how are the Chargers going to charge this? Right? Like, you get you know, yeah, onside kick. Waiting. There's an onside kick, and, you know. Yeah, there was there's a lot going on there. Um I mean this this defense it's probably gonna look pretty good this week though, because the Titans offense is just not it like ev- everything that had been going for the offense just it isn't working anymore. Um, you know, we're I think we're seeing the the Derek Henry up volume. Too. They they were up what they were up 14 nothing in that game. No, uh, 14 7 and then just yeah. goes back, yeah. They, they uh, traded, but because Derrick yeah, Henry had 100 yards in the first quarter and he had 24 yards the rest of the game. Yeah, it's one of those things where you can kind of stack boxes and, and get bodies on them. And you know, with with Traylon Burks out, we'll, we'll see whether he comes back this week. It's probably going to be rough with uh, where he was in, in the protocol uh, earlier in the week. 
Um, there's not really a lot of, you know, explosiveness coming in that pass game. So when you have the the play action passing that they kind of ha- have to rely on um, in that offense, it's just, it's not there. It, it doesn't have just another one of those teams that uh, not at full strength, it doesn't have the juice. Um, no, I mean, their leading receiver last week was Austin Hooper. Like that's not going to get it done. Yeah, this is probably, yeah. You don't want Austin Hooper 2022 uh, leading <laughs> leading your team. That's not uh, you know, Chingakongwo is is a lot of fun. Like that's it, some flash plays. Probably uh you know more to be excited about for 2023 in that area. Um, so he's yeah, more I, of like a package player. Like when he's in the game, you could like bet there's a 50 50 chance like the play is for him. Yeah, I he, he's a the fun player because i when i wrote up the titans for uh football outsiders almanac he was you know i had to kind of write up like every player uh and he was he He's was a lot of prospect. fun um he was very like Jono Jono smith e um in the way he was used in college uh and i think they could start getting some of that in uh you know in line low a dot um high yards after the catch uh but they're using him a little more like he's he's had some downfield plays uh in this game but i think he's he all of their explosive pass plays yeah. on the season like they're all from him yeah so uh you know they have some some fun elements but in terms of what this titans team is uh yeah. it's it's kind of you know they petered out a little bit and it's just it doesn't have the same juice that it did they, even earlier in the season when henry was running all over a player so i think you can kind of you can when you slow down that running game a little bit you get them into you know some third and longs can't rely on the play action a little bit i think we're, we're kind of seeing the the upper crust of of what this titans offense has potential wise and uh it's another team that'll be real intriguing offseason you know new yeah. gm Tannehill, malik willis kind of there uh, absolutely so that's that's one of the weird things because when i did write like about the titans in the offseason like i think one of the things that they did well was gave themselves some outs this off season. If they wanted to, they didn't restructure Tannehill. They didn't restructure Henry. So they have outs if they want to um, this off season, if not next off season. So like what the Titans think they are right now is fascinating to me because this doesn't feel like this was a move when they fired John Robinson that like you think about they're ready to rebuild. I don't think they want to tear this down. Um, so what the Titans think they are this offseason is, well, I think one of the most fascinating things uh, that I'm going to be looking at because I don't know exactly where they are and, and what they think they should be doing. So I think just, that is... Yeah, it's be interesting to see if they did enough and the Jaguars did little enough to kind of to, to avoid this Week 18 matchup mattering. Uh, and I, I don't know, man, if the Jags are real live or not. Like, I'm definitely not going to be, like, going back and forth on them either. You know, they play the Cowboys this week. Titans play the Chargers. They could be a game back. They both play the Cowboys still the rest of the season because Titans still play the Cowboys too. But there's a chance that week at week 18 game could matter. It's possible, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where the Jags probably of... did too little early. Yeah, you think so? And it's that's a and shame. They're also another they're... team too that like this is a a week too. It'll be interesting to see them because they also they they they're beating the the bad teams. Which is good. That's what good teams yep. should do. But they're they're you know they did beat the Ravens. They had that nice comeback. But this is another one. Like go beat the Cowboys, and then we'll talk again. We'll have another conversation if you go beat the Cowboys. Yeah, another uh, you know, Evan Ingram hundred forty yards. That's 
That's what we need here. Hey, the game um, of his life. Uh, and the Cowboys, though, are interesting, too, because they've got so many injuries now. Them, they like, we're seeing this. This is the war of attrition year, for sure. And it always is in the NFL, but the cluster injuries are what's tough. Like, we talked about the Titans. They've, they've lost – they're losing – they lost a bunch of DBs. The Cowboys are in the same boat now. They've, what, had three cornerbacks and a safety get hurt in the past two weeks? stuff this is it's setting up for another trevor lawrence game like he's he's playing real well man um you know he's been playing well like pretty much all season and whether you know the results really were, were coming mm-hmm. out of it and i think we talked you know earlier in the season where he was you know so good for like 80 yards and then they were just having some trouble in the red zone especially with some you know bad interceptions uh but right now he's just he's clicking and and kind of firing on all cylinders and and that it's been fun to watch over the past couple of weeks um so what that matchup is uh is it's going to be fun again i kind of feel like the jaguars just kind of put themselves in a hole with mm-hmm. some of their their yep. early season and, and mid-season yeah, they've got losses to the broncos uh the colts and the texans like <laughs> yeah <laughs> can't do that um so let's uh let's end up with Sunday night game. It bas- it's basically a playoff game. Um, Giants commanders. We talked about it two weeks ago, and I don't think the conversation around the game has changed all that much. Like, no. it's, it's basically the same game. I think we've we've kind of seen the Giants got to the top of what they can do, and it's just it's hard to sustain that over you know a, a seventeen game season. And I think we're we're just another team just snake bit though too. Like just yeah. the amount of injuries the Giants have had. And again, they didn't start with great depth, and yeah, that right, was yeah. what, that was what we <laughs> talked about before the season started. This was not a team that was going in uh, very deep and strong and, and talented. So the fact that they're they're losing guys, especially like in, in the secondary, um, on vacation and and wide receiver, it's it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their second, they're literally when we talk about the, the biggest two problem areas for the Giants coming this season, if you could highlight, you might have gotten to offensive line, but you would have said secondary first, wide receiver would be on top of the list. And they've had nothing but injuries to the guys <laughs> to those positions. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's Isaiah Hodgins yeah. is like the legit like wide receiver too on this roster right now. And, and Darius Slayton, who is the wide receiver was, one, is the wide receiver one who they like went into the season wanting to be like the wide receiver five and yes. potentially trading. Um, but yeah, he's he's been the wide receiver one. Like he's like the only guy they can have shot plays to. Um, I just mm-hmm. I, we've just kind of seen the the max that you can do with this type of offense. Like, but they should have probably beat the Commanders a couple weeks ago. They probably could have, right? It was. I mean, Dayball did an undayball move and punted in overtime, but then also they were up a touchdown with what two minutes ago. Yeah, but that's when you know they ran you Daniel a... Jones a lot that game. You called it. You're on that. They did a lot of design Daniel Jones runs. They were ahead. Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's one of those things where it, it's tough because you you can't you can't build an offense around you know. Daniel Jones runs. Uh, eventually, you you have to have him throw the ball, and that's uh, probably his worst part of being a quarterback. Uh, and it doesn't help when there's not a lot of receivers to to help him out. Um, and then you look at, you know, the offensive line, depending on the the health, it, where they are in in some of those positions. But I think you kind of see when the offensive line isn't as good as it was earlier in the season. You kind of get you know 
previous eras of, of Saquon Barkley where the holes aren't there. So it's, you know, getting hit at the line a little more and, and that completely, you know, shuts down some of the explosive run game that they were, um, you know, using so well earlier in the season. Yeah, probably the most disappointing thing about the Giants is that they have been unable to use him in the passing game at all. Yeah, it is. It is certainly interesting, especially um, given the context of everything that's happened to this offense. Like you would see, think there'd be a glaring signal uh, to do it. Because you think of some of the big plays Saquon's actually had in the passing game, like that Packers game, right? Like you know, you get him in space and in an open field. Like we haven't done, we haven't really done that. Yeah, it's one of those things. And like, if you look at like the the 49ers, if you know someone goes down again, they they have so many uh, talented pieces. But like, you just you throw Mitch, Christian McCaffrey out wide, um, and and there you go. Like that's <laughs> that's a solution in the passing game. You could do that in with Saquon. Um, yeah, but yeah, they they just haven't really done that. And I think that's kind of been part of uh, you know the structure of the offense because you can't really move Saquon out wide when you need him in like for play action, like, because that's how the offense like kind of survives. I don't think you want Daniel Jones, like sitting in empty with, uh, with Barkley out wide. Uh, That probably is going to give you a lot of trouble with some of the offensive line too. So it's just, it's all of those kind of pieces compound that you can't really be using some of those other pieces to their, their fullest extent. And then, you know, on defense, they're, they're still, they're still doing the wink thing. And this is kind of where the, the hesitation was. Right. If they don't have corners, um, are they still going to you know play man and blitz all the time? And the answer is yes. And that's kind of <laughs> catching up to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the first know. matchup, they were good. When they did blitz, I mean, Heineke wasn't good against the blitz the first matchup. Yeah. But then all you need to do is like throw it at Terry McCorn a couple of yeah, times yeah, and like you don't have anyone to, to cover him. Um, and then the other side, like this is Washington uh, defensive front. So good. Um, uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, uh, you know, Nemanta Sweat's playing well. Uh, it's been a lot of fun just to watch, like, the, any single one of them on any play can just completely wreck it. And it's been it's been fun. It's it's helped their secondary out a lot. Um, so we'll see. And kind of fully expecting the Washington to, to win this game just because it's we we've got the giants have had a fun, yeah the giants have had a fun run um i think it's just kind of ran out of steam with between the players and like how much this coaching staff could do to you know yeah cover there's up, a lot like, of lipstick on this is. pig yeah. a lot of lipstick was on this pig this year it was and, and it got them you know to the to the brink of the playoffs um and that's it should be still optimism for, for what's going on in 2023 when they can actually kind of like reset this roster into what they want it to look like. Um, but yeah, for, for right now, it kind of, it feels like the, the trains at the last stop and they kind of push it as far as they could. Yeah. That another team, like the theme of this has been like these teams stepping forward, intriguing off seasons, like ready to make the next step. What happens? Uh, they're another team. Like we talk about the three teams we talked about in that context, but not actually take include the Jets. Uh, only one of those teams that we talked about, the Jags, are the only one that probably have long-term quarterback figured out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a super interesting offseason, and uh, really excited to to dig into that because the, there's going to be a, a lot going on there. Um, a lot of these, yeah, a lot of fringe teams that could you know jump up with with, with all of those trades that. 
uh, we see now when you have like the, the Eagles are like potentially going to win the Super Bowl and have a top three pick. Um, yeah, I mean, all those trades definitely shook up everything. I mean, we knew the Mickey Loomis one was bad, but uh, yeah, like we, we'll get the uh, I'm gonna, Eagles uh, next week. Yeah, but also going to like go out uh, just to hit that, that Saints point. I don't think there was like the people who called out that trade of like how potentially disastrous it could be for the Saints like more than this, the podcast did. Like, yeah, I think was, like right off the bat, we were like, this could be a potential top five pick. Yeah, ludicrous trade. Yeah. And and that's it. I mean, Mickey Loomis, always money in the banana stand. There we go. We'll see it. But uh, fun, fun slate of games here. Um, so um, here we are, you know, week 15. Uh, again, full, full slate. Um, a, lot of, a lot of games going on. A lot of action. It's Saturday, Saturday football. Uh, for, for All day too. On Not out. one Saturday game. So that's that's kind of one of my bigger problems too, because it it takes the same amount of time, and it's only three <laughs> it's games. True. It's, it's true. It's it's rough. Um, so here we go. Uh, let's, let's hope we hope we make it through for these last couple of weeks. Um, uh, we will end the show here. Uh, we continue to have a deal on uh, sharpfootballanalysis.com where you can be getting uh, your first week uh, for I think five dollars. Um, that gets you access to all of Rich's work, which again, you should have been reading uh, up to this point anyway, if you weren't. Um, but if you haven't been, uh, you can uh, jump in now. There's some bold stuff and you know, a whole bunch of other stuff going on. So you can see all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. Thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon.